right, what's going on, man? Welcome back to the channel. My name's Ron. Right now it's 1.48 a.m. I'm grinding, man. I'm grinding for the, those 12 subscribers, baby. Those 12 subscribers, man, I appreciate you. I'm grinding for you. I'm dropping these videos every week for you, man. And today we're getting into tier three wide receivers. We covered one and two in the last video. This is going to be my rankings 5 through 10 and 0.5 PPR. Let's get into it, man. Alright, first up, man, we got the man who fears one thing. I feel guy, homie. DeAndre Hopkins, man. He's going off the board at 111 as the wide receiver 4 off the board. Now, he's only in this, this next tier in tier 3 because of the change of teams. We usually see a drop off in opportunity year to year with wide receivers that change teams. This is a graphic that Peter Howard made examining wide receivers who changed teams and wide receivers who stayed with the same teams and how that affected their targets per game. 60% of the time, they average less targets per game. So this is, this is slightly concerning for DeAndre Hopkins, especially after we saw Odo Beckham slump last year. But we have to remember this is DeAndre Hopkins and he's coming into a better situation. So Bill O'Brien and his butt chin, he, he shipped him off to the Cardinals for literally a bag of potato chips. That's fine, man. The Cardinals are, are borderline a better situation for him than the Texans. There's, there's just better management, better coaching, better play calling. Cliff Kingsbury's offense ranked number 13th in offensive DVOA last year. And DeAndre Hopkins gonna, is just going to add to that efficiency and that overall production. Now, DeAndre Hopkins had a bit of a disappointing season last year. He underperformed in some efficiency metric. But at the end of the day, he's DeAndre Hopkins, man. He's, he's insane. He's a stud. And now he's got Kyler Murray. Now, the good thing about the situation, man, is that DeAndre Hopkins is going to provide a much-needed touchdown threat for Kyler Murray. Last year, DeAndre Hopkins uh, underperformed and caught less than 10 touchdown passes for the first time since 2016. He's going to bounce back. He's going to have double-digit touchdowns this year. And Kyler Murray had 21 passing touchdowns, ranked 20th, but he had the 10th most red zone attempts last year. And he just wasn't converting because they had that lack of uh, of a big touchdown receiver presence. So you add DeAndre Hopkins in there. Kyler Murray's going to score more touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins going to score more touchdowns. Expect that offense to to ascend with Kyler Murray in year two. And DeAndre Hopkins as that wide receiver one in that offense is going to be fine for fantasy, man. All right, man. Next up, we got Chris Godwin. He's going off the board of the 204 as the wide receiver six in drafts right now. When you look at his his metrics from last year, he was the wide receiver two in fantasy. He was top five in receiving yards, yards after the catch, touchdowns, yards per target, contested catch rate. And he did this ranking outside the top 15 in targets and target share. So he was extremely efficient. And the only reason he's, a, he's efficient like this is because we've known that he's a sick player, man. When you look at his, his uh, player profiler page, man, literally just bars. That's cool, motherfucking bars. Just straight bars. Look, look his workout metrics, man. 89th percentile 40-yard uh, dash, 89th percentile speed score. Uh, agility score, catch rate, everything is, is above the 74th percentile besides burst score. He's He had uh, 82nd percentile college target share and broke out at 19. And that was in an offense with, with um, I think I think that was at the time that Saquon and Gasecki and those guys were there. So you, you take into account his prospect profile, you take into the production last year, and now you get Tom Brady in that offense. Now there's not going to be as much volume as there was with, with Jameis Winston, but Chris Godwin is a slot guy. Now you can make a, you can draw a lot of comparisons between Julian Edelman's role last year and what Chris Godwin's role is going to be this year. They both play over fifty percent of their snaps in the slot. 
Julian Edelman had a 26% target share, and Chris Godwin had a 22% target share. I expect Chris Godwin's target share after last year and the role he's going to have in the slot to, to jump up maybe to that, that 24 to 20, 26 range. Their A dots are in the similar range. But the thing that sets them apart is that he's going to get the same volume that Julian Edelman was getting in the slot, but he's going to do the, he's going to produce more efficiently than Julian Edelman in the slot. So his true catch rate is 91%. He's going to catch more of these targets. The yards after the catch blows Julian Edelman out of the water with 574, and his fantasy points per target is 2.3 as opposed to Julian Edelman's 1.64. And in this role, Julian Edelman was the wide receiver 13 in 0.5 PPR. So Chris Godwin was the wide receiver 2 last year. He's going to slot into that into that slot role that Julian Edelman was in, and he's going to be a, a top 5 wide receiver, and he's going to be a stud. All right, next up we got Amari Cooper, man. He's going off the board of the 302 as the wide receiver 9 in fantasy drafts right now. And I want everybody who's watching this video to listen to me very closely. Amari Cooper is and always will be a stud. The guy is insane. From weeks 1 through 10 last year, he was the wide receiver 3 in .5 PPR. That puts him in the same tier of player as guys like Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones. I'm telling you, he is that kind of skill level. It all just comes down to if he can stay on the field. Now... Last year, injury caught up to a man. When you look at the medical history report on player profiler, he had four separate minor injuries in 2019. It started out with a foot sprain, then an ankle sprain, then a quadriceps strain, then a knee sprain. And it's, it's a combination of these minor injuries that starts to slowly derail his season. But even when you look at that, player profiler for 2020 has his injury probability as the 36th among wide receivers and the 76th most fragile against wide receivers. So these are all very minor injuries. They're not long-term setbacks, and he was off the injury report in 2018. So there's a chance that we could see Amari Cooper for 16 games in a Dallas Cowboy uniform. And I'm telling you, if we get that, Amari Cooper will be in that top top five to top three. And he even has the wide receiver one overall upside. So now the only question is, well, what about C.D. Lamb? Now look, man, I know. C.D. Lamb, he's a stud. Love that guy. Absolute beauty. The guy's got dreads, a visor. I wanted him on the Jets. But look, man. The Cowboys have the second most vacated targets with 190, and DK Metcalf led all rookie receivers last year with 100. So 190 is plenty. 100 targets is pretty much a ceiling for a rookie wide receiver. CeeDee Lamb's not going to take away opportunity from Mark Cooper. If anything, he's going to he's going to help him. He's going to take he's going to take coverage away. He's going to take he's going to spread the field out. This Cowboys offense, man, it's going to be special. All right, next up we have Kenny Galladay, man. He's going off the board at the 212 as the wide receiver seven in drafts right now. And he finished as the wide receiver eight despite playing half of his games with David Blow, pause if needed, and Jeff Driscoll at QB. Wide receiver eight feels like his floor after doing that with half a season of, of bad quarterback play. But it feels like all he needs is just Stafford to stay healthy and he's going to be elite. Just looking at the splits, they're insane. From the first eight games, he was on pace for more catches, touchdowns, targets, receiving yards, across the board, everything. And he had four more .5 PPR points per game with Matthew Stafford. Now, when you look at 15.44.5 PPR points per game, that would have been the wide receiver three if he sustained that pace for the full season. So Kenny Galladay's upside ultimately hinges on whatever Matthew Stafford can do on the field, if he can stay healthy and perform. It's, it's not a question of what Kenny Galladay can do anymore. Matthew Stafford last year, he was on pace for 4,998 passing yards and 38 touchdowns. That would have ranked second and first in the league last year. So all he has to do is just play 16 games in 2020. He, the last time he played 16 games was only, was only 2018. So Matthew Stafford feels super injury prone, but he just, he just finished a healthy season before uh, 2019. 
expect Matthew Stafford to stay on the field. Expect Kenny Galladay to come through with some crazy weeks. And they have the fifth easiest passing schedule combined with, with a subpar team, man. So they're going to throw the ball heavy. Matthew Stafford's going to get it to Kenny Galladay. And Kenny Galladay feels like a guy that can finish in the top five this year. DJ Moore, he's the truth. When you look when you look at his player profiler page, it's insane. You want to talk about bars? Dude, his, his workout metrics are insane on player profiler. 89th percentile 40-yard dash, 88th percentile speed score, 94th burst score, 89th catch radius. Another guy who's who's best comparable to Pierre Garçon. 97th percentile college dominator rating, and he broke out at 18, man. This guy, if you took a wide receiver and you produced him in a lab, this is what he would look like. He's not known by the mainstream yet, but he's going to be. I'm telling DJ Moore in the next three years is going to be a monster. It, it's not even up for debate. He, we know he's a great player, and when you draft DJ Moore, it's the sentiment that you you want to be early rather than being late on a guy. You don't want to miss out on a on a Chris Godwin type year. So he he broke out in 2019, and that was despite bad quarterback play. Man, he was top 10 in targets, yards after the catch, receiving yards, receptions, and contested catch rate, and he netted over a 20% target share. Now, this was all while playing with Kyle Allen and Will Greer. The guy who's brothers with Nash Greer, he's not even he's not even the most famous guy in his family, and he's thrown a pass in the NFL. With these quarterbacks, DJ Moore had the 72nd worst target accuracy and the 74th worst catchable target percentage from his quarterback. That is insane when you factor in that he was top 10 in receiving yards and all of those statistics while overcoming bad quarterback play. Now in comes Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, say what you want about him, but in the five games that he played with the Saints, he was second in target accuracy. At the very least, that is a massive jump in efficiency at the quarterback position for DJ Moore. So now Bridgewater is a huge upgrade at quarterback. The Carolina defense is terrible now that Luke Keekley is retired, and the Panthers have the second easiest pass schedule in the league. So look for them to be behind in games because of the defense, and look for them to air it out with ease because of the schedule. And DJ Moore, I'm telling you, he's going to eat up this year. And he by August, he might even be higher in these rankings, man. All right, last we got A-Rob, man. Free my boy A-Rob to look backwards. That boy can't find the QB, man. He's been playing with shitty QBs since since Penn State. He's had Hackenberg, Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky. When it comes down to Allen Robinson, it it just comes down to the, the quarterback play. He's a stud, and he would be much higher than the 303 as a wide receiver 10 in drafts. In any other situation other than having Mitch Trubisky pass to him in 2019, he would have been a a top seven, top six receiver in drafts this year. Now, when you look at Mitch Trubisky and his passing stats last year, I literally can't find the stat that he was good in. There's 32 starting quarterbacks in the league, and he ranks outside the top 15 in almost every metrics on player profiler besides interceptable passes. Interceptable passes is a stat that you don't want to be in the top 10. In. Mitch Trubisky, the guy, the guy is a high school level quarterback who somehow just who somehow just found his way to the NFL. The guy's trash, and Allen Robinson, he felt it, man. He, he had the 63rd worst target accuracy and still finished with the wide receiver 14 and 0.5 PPR points per game. Now he's got he's got big dick Nick slinging, slinging that elephant trunk. He's, he's swinging that, that pigskin, baby. He's, he's going he's gonna to be, at the very least, a slight upgrade from Mitch Trubisky. Now, this year, the Bears faced the easiest passing schedule, and Allen Robinson has no competition for targets. I don't want to hear about Jimmy Graham. I don't want to hear about Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel. I don't want to hear about any of that. It's Allen Robinson, and then it's nobody. 
it's maybe Anthony Miller. When you look at his stats from last year, he didn't improve much from his rookie season. Anthony Miller is a—he's is, not—he's not a nobody, but he's not going to take uh, any targets away from Allen Robinson. Last year, Allen Robinson was number four in targets, number five in target share, and number six in receptions. And you'll see the same volume, but he'll have better—he'll have better quarterback play, which gives him, which will give him a higher floor and a, and a better ceiling in 2020. All right, man. If you made it this far, I appreciate it. Follow me at Ron Stewart underscore on Twitter. Go down below, subscribe, leave a like. Leave a comment if you have any disagreements with the rankings in this video, or if you just want to say what's up, man. I respond to everything. And be on the lookout for my draft guide. It's coming out early July. It's going to have quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end tiers. We're dominating leagues in 2020. We're, we're dominating home leagues, redraft leagues, office leagues, leagues with your buddies from high school. We're winning all that. We're winning rings in 2020. So if you made it this far, man, I appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next one.